Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Uh, it is week 12, but it feels like a bit of a new week because we're starting our journey with Avatar, the last airbender. We decided to take a break from Lucifer for a bit, and uh, one of these things is not like the other. Um, and now for something completely different. Uh, Noel and I... You know, whereas previously I was the person who had seen Lucifer as well as, of course, friend of the show, Latoya Ferguson, whenever she was able to drop by. And Allison and Noel were new to the series. Noel and I are the ones who are, are familiar with and fans of Avatar, and it is new to Allison. Um, Noel is much more of an expert at it than I am. I just really, really like it. Um, I've seen it, but I have not revisited it in many years. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Noel, how are you feeling? I'm so excited about this. Um, like I was yesterday when we sort of like decided to do, it, I was just like, yeah, okay. And today I was just like, no, I'm, I'm pumped about this. I'm very, very excited to um, dig into this in part because while I know season two, basically like the back of my hand, because for me, if you have a discussion about best seasons of the aughts and don't include season two of Avatar the last airbender, your list is invalid. Um, but I haven't really thought about season one and in any real great detail for a while. Um, so I'm actually really excited to revisit uh, season one, book one, um, because I just, I don't think about it too much because season two is just so good. Um, <laughs> but so I'm really excited. I'm really excited for Allison to like dig into the show um, because I really, really love the show. Um, I really enjoy its sequel series, Legend of Korra for all its ups and downs, because it has a lot of them um, for various reasons. But this show is really good. It's very near and dear to my heart. It's what I've used to bond with a number of people in my life. Um, so I just really love this show. So I'm very excited to discuss it um, and make way too many jokes about it. I'm in a weird position of now being the Kate mm -hmm. from our Lucifer discussion of being like, I can't say anything. It's been like, well, this is, but, um, mm, this is so yes, difficult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and Keenan says that they are excited to watch this finally because on that pop culture psychology profile quiz thing that went around, her number one match was Katara, and I didn't know what that meant. Keenan, matching for Katara is great. Katara's low-key kind of the best. She's not the the best because the the best is in season two, but very, very close to the best. <laughs> Kate knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, I, I just, like, it's an inch, like, I wouldn't, I have uh, more flexibility, I guess, in my rankings than you do, I yeah. think. Yeah, and I think that's fair, because one of the best things about this show, and we'll get into this, is everyone gets a chance to be the best. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I really like that about the show. Well, and Allison, you are new to the show, but you have been watching with your partner, and so now you're going back. So these are not your very first unvarnished takes on the, the show. How how many episodes have you seen so far? 13. So you're halfway. Okay. I thought it was less, and I have to admit that it was 12, and then Tom was like, can we just one more, just one more before you... Yeah turn this into work and i was like okay, well first of all first of all streaming in places hardly work second um sure so so it's 
13. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I guess it was what to what was the episode of Lucifer that finally broke us, which is when I decided to start watching this show. Oh, goodness. I don't remember. I was proposal. Was it the proposal? Or was it even it might have been earlier? I don't know. I think it was was earlier. earlier. I think it was like more mundanely bad. Um, but definitely involved Ella not acting like a human being anymore. I, um, started after that it's this has been on my to-do list for a while certainly spurred by the overwhelming recent response Mm -hmm. on netflix um you know it's been making the rounds on social media netflix has been giving it a big push it's been consistently in their top 10 which who knows how accurate that is because netflix doesn't share numbers but you know what i mean um it's been all over the place uh and was on my list before that uh but is something that i have put off because as we talked about it briefly yesterday i don't always um connect with animated series i don't have i don't really ever have a problem with animated movies i mean good ones you know what i mean it's just like with anything mm-hmm. else um, allison's a big fan of uh cool world that brad pitt joined everyone <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, f- true story i often confuse that movie with the paula abdul straight up video that, that's um, fair the animation styles are not dissimilar yeah i can't decide whether that is um the the gayest thing about me or the least gay thing about me. I think it might be both. Um, anyway, uh, I don't always connect with animated series right away. Um, certainly there are some that I love and cherish, uh, but it's not always something where I'm like, yep, okay, I'll jump right in. Uh, and this, that certainly wasn't the problem once we got started, which is always the issue for me is I just have to jump in. As is the case with Steven Universe, which I have to catch up on. I am not completely done with the series, but Kate fought long and hard to get me to watch Steven. She was correct. It is the best. <laughs> um, and there are some others, some other things I love, uh, but... But it's ne- animation, it's hard for anything to ever be quite at the top of my list. So I was glad for the push on this one because I'm very much enjoying it so far. And it was interesting to go back and watch these first two, um, knowing what's coming and knowing what the shift is. So mm-hmm. I feel at the moment both like the newbie and as though I have a, a slightly different perspective on it, I guess, than I would have, say, with the first two episodes of Lucifer. Yeah. Well, I was surprised going back and revisiting these first two, uh, The Boy in the Iceberg and The Avatar Returns, uh, because it's, it. first of all, maybe it was my connection thing, but it doesn't look good on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It looks bad enough that I went ahead and spent $30 to get the Blu-rays um, <laughs> because I don't know where my DVD box set is. Um, so I, I, someone told me that like their discs don't look this bad. And I mm-hmm. think they're just using a unremastered version of the show because it looks actively bad. And I was just like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing this. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I didn't remember it being like, I remembered it looking better. So, yeah. okay, that's not just me. Um, and also the, like, I, I think it's very charming. I think that it's it's a nice uh, first two episodes of the story, but without, I mean, it's basically, I think it's good that they have that like intro at the beginning because otherwise the structure is not, um, it's just very, very episodic. And it, it, it's, I think the show improves at that as it goes along. I don't want, I'm not trying to bash what it is early on, but 
there there isn't a sense of like narrative and flow to each episode in a way that I look for in in shows and in shows that I'm particularly invested in. Um, oh, Keenan says, in what way is the for the visuals? Is it like it's fuzzy or the colors are bad? Like it's like um, it feels like it's missing frames. In, yes, you know it, it's uh wow. okay. Yeah, there's there's definitely like a fuzziness, I think, to it as well. Um, it feels very standard def um, because when the show draw when the show like originally aired in the mid aughts, HD wasn't a thing just yet. Um, so it, the transfer that's on Netflix feels standard def as opposed to a higher resolution, which higher resolutions of the episodes exist. I'm going to buy the Blu-ray literally right now. Yeah, no, <laughs> I kind of actively encourage you to do it. Or if you have, if your library does, has it on DVD and you have access to a library that's open and is renting DVDs, I would get the DVD sets. Um, well, the discs rather. I think the Chicago libraries are still closed. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so just I love like, it. Tom is going to watch it forever. It's yeah. fine. Um, I would do some research, but yes. Um, it's fuzzy. It feels like there's frames missing, Kate. I absolutely agree. Um, and then there's also just like, there's some pan and scan stuff happening in these first two episodes that feel real weird. Um, and I'm, I cannot say whether or not that pan and scan thing was there in the initial release because I didn't start watching the show until basically the finale. <laughs> um, um, so the finale was were the only episodes I actually watched live. Um, my history with the show is very weird. Um, but yeah, so I watched the first two episodes and went, ah, no, no, I can't. So it's not the best visual representation of the show. Even the title cards look fuzzy to me, um, which is not a good sign. Um, so if you have access or are willing to spend the money please consider that. And also you'll own it because then Netflix won't be able to take it away from you again. Yeah. Always a, a plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big fan of physical media here. Um, yeah. But well, I think that visually and pacing wise, it was a little, for me, a little creaky getting started right away. I was appreciating the art style right away. I was in with these characters. And for me, that's always my number one. Um, and I just love the idea that theoretically, the course and trajectory of the entire world of this entire world with its four finned penguins uh, is changed and hopefully saved because Katara is headed up to here with a freaking brother, not helping out with the chores. I love that. <laughs> um, I'm immediately on board with these characters and, and what I particularly appreciate um, there's the specificity of these characters. They actually feel like kids but they also there's so much else happening around the periphery with these characters that hints at trauma and loss and pain and like PTSD but it like it, as an adult watching it and as, as a more sensitive kid watching it I would imagine too you pick up on all that but it's so very much from their perspective that it is not dwelling on any of that and that Instead, it's just these are these characters. Here's where they're at in their story. And you can wonder on your own, why is Sokka so obsessed with being a soldier and being the man of the tribe and all these other things? Or you can go, he's a silly big brother. Um, and I think it's right even from these first episodes, uh, there's depth and there's thought and there's nuance. And I'm looking forward to diving in with more of it. <laughs> Allison, what did you think about these first two episodes? 
Especially now having watched them twice, basically. Yeah, I when we started, y'all had essentially, and and I have to admit that this was probably um, the result of, <laughs> at least in terms of my context, of our conversations about how everyone should skip season one of Legends of Tomorrow. You both said so emphatically that I needed to give it seven episodes that I was expecting to be pretty bummed by the first two. Mm-hmm. Um and I wasn't, you know, I, one of the things that I appreciated so much, especially about, um, the boy in the iceberg was that wonderful reversal where you get this like breathy, please come closer, listen to my words. Do you want to go penguin sliding? <laughs> um, and that pivot where he's, it's not just that he's allowed to be a kid. He can't help but be a kid. Um, he is a kid as opposed to a tiny adult, um, with occasional heroic impulses as young heroes often are in these stories where they're not actually allowed to have fun or where, um, the fact that they can't have fun is, is a feature where they're sort of prohibited, um, Harry Potter as an example, uh, the darkest rising books, um, uh, I, I think it's a loaded time to mention Harry Potter, but it, there are others as well. But um, always a good time to mention the Darkest Rising sequence because those slap. I love those so much. Um, Susan Cooper forever. Um, you know, it, in that respect, it's a little bit like the beginning of um, the His Dark Materials trilogy um, uh, because, you know, Aang is allowed to be raucous and playful and silly and also complicated and uh, emotional and obviously repressing some things. And I think that that is a really potent combination. And it's something that drew me in immediately. Um, So that I mean, that was my big takeaway, at least from that first one. I expected to be like, okay, I'm just going to make my way to episode seven. And then this is going to be the thing that Kate and Noel promised. And instead, I was like, oh, all right, this is showing a level of emotional intelligence that I didn't expect specifically because of the way it was framed for me, Um, but also because it's a trope that exists in uh, in fiction all over the place and has, you know, for centuries. So I really, really appreciated that piece of it. Yeah, I kind of had the same issue going, not issue, but same experience rewatching these first two episodes because I had told you that like, once you get to like seven or eight, it finds sort of, a, it pivots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even told that to another friend of mine who had started watching it and tweeted like, this is fine. Like it's good YA sort of deal. I just went, how far in are you <laughs> um, in book one? Because things, again, shift just a smidge that kind of ups the ante or emotional stakes a little bit. Um, but re-watching these first two episodes, I went, I've been doing this show a little bit of a disservice and I feel bad. So I apologize, Allison. Oh, no. Like- you know, I certainly, it's not like I, my experience wasn't diminished if anything, it was enhanced, right? Uh-huh. Um, it is the opposite of the Legends thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Scotty is going to be joining us or if she's going to go back and listen to this. But once again, Scotty Caldwell did not take her advice and suffered through the entire first season of Legends um, for no reason um, because she was warned. That's not this at all. It yeah. was, and in fact, it sort of enhanced 
um, or heightened my enthusiasm for what was coming later. And I agree about that pivot, which obviously we'll get to in sometime next week. Um, but it, but it made me think, wow, if this is like the show when it's not quite hit its stride yet, is this when the soup is not done, then what on earth is it going to be like as it really gets cooking? Mm-hmm. Um, so no apologies needed. Okay. Um, yeah. It was, it was a good, good surprise. Okay. I'm glad because like, again, when I was watching this, I just went, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't giving this enough credit. Like there's that emotional maturity and depth that you start hinting at a lot with Aang in particular of what's going on with this kid. Um, because yeah, no, he loves penguin sledding. He's making yellow, he's making yellow snow jokes. Um, everything freezes in there. Um, and all this stuff, but then you're just like, wait, something's definitely wrong. Like there's not, there's something going on basically that he's, he's neck deep in his short stature of denial of the call in a Joseph Campbell sort of deal. Um, and he's just refusing to deal with it. And A, beautiful. B, perfect thing for a 12-year-old to be experiencing. Like, absolutely the thing that a 12-year-old would be dealing with. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is much better than I remember it being. It's still kind of silly in a lot of places. Um, and it's still really not totally hitting, like, hailing, I should say. It's not totally hailing, I think, an adult audience um, in the way that it begins to do a little more explicitly as the season and as the show goes on, but it's there. I just wasn't really giving it enough credence, I think. And watching it, watching it again, I was just went, Oh yeah, no, this is, this is much better than I thought it was. It's still a little repetitive in spots, but also the Zuko stuff is going to be repetitive for a little while of, I have to get back my honor have to capture the avatar and that's just those are the only lines zuko has like he's an unplayable character in a video game that's all he has for episodes it feels it's like my, it's my test it's yeah, my father's it's test, my test. <laughs> it's, it's the test for my father um oh and when ang gets emotional we see his avatar face <laughs> yes exactly um oh oh good we've got runners now um so I was I was just like, yeah, no, both of these episodes are much better than I remember them being. And I was really pleased by that. But I was also just really pleased by, like, the moments of finding joy right before some of this direness kicks in. Like, going penguin sledding and how really beautifully that is animated even through, like, the SD transfer of how kind of joyful that whole experience is. Um... And to Marcus, how did he know that he was the Avatar meaning Aang? I was sort of confused how the fire guy was so certain. So, two things about that. Um, first is that we'll get into this a little bit, but and I think it comes in, in episode three, but to answer your question, Marcus, the Fire Nation has just committed mass genocide of the airbenders. There are no more airbenders. They just don't exist anymore. Um, except for Aang. And the cycle of the Avatar gets explained as we go forward a little bit. Um, but that's that's the deal, is how Zuko knows that this is the Avatar. Yeah. Um, they yeah. mentioned something about all the all the airbenders are gone. Yes. And have been for this whole for time. Like a century. For for a hundred years. And that they and they also in this because they they mentioned that in like the first or the second episode. And that the um the they know the Avatar had to be an airbender. 
Yes. Um, and so therefore, if there is an airbender, it has to, you know, that kind of a thing. And, um, and, it, and it is unclear in these episodes just how common knowledge that is. Yes. I mean, or like, and where at least the characters that we're with right now are in the spectrum of like the 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 run of star wars with the force you know like it like is it like oh that's a bunch of hocus pocus nobody really believes in anymore because yes there are so few water like there are no waterbenders at the south pole there are like no airbenders obviously there are firebenders uh but like just how much contact these characters at least have had with any kind of bending is unclear and therefore how much knowledge they would have about the avatar and like, and how much has passed into lore. So I think that it is a little unclear at this point, but that is, they do put the, the breadcrumbs there that you need to, to figure it out. Was that kind of a confusion for you, Allison, as well? Or were you just kind of running with it? Oh, I assumed that that was um, to be explained, right? Like introducing mysteries. And because so many of them seem to be tied up with what Aang is concealing or, denying or repressing it sort of made sense to me it's like it's actually the conceit of having him in the ice and i'm gonna make sure that i'm phrasing all of this without giving anything in this next chunk of episodes away uh but works really well as a beginning point for a story because there are the things that he knows that um no one else knows right and then there are the things that he doesn't know because he was in the ice so we've got sort of like a not quite a double blind but there are these two ways in which information is being um withheld intentionally or otherwise from our characters and that gives us a a chance to sort of wonder along with them and discover with them um, which is always a really good place to start a story i love I have a huge weakness for any story where um, we are dropped into whatever the big mystery or magical world is alongside our hero. It's a really useful narrative contrivance that makes it very easy to empathize with whoever. And I mean, all basically all of the stories I just mentioned are also that, right? Yeah. Where you just like fall in with them. And this manages to do it both ways because yes. Sokka and Katara have things they don't know and Aang has things he doesn't know and they get thrown together. It's really, really clever and tidy, yeah. whether it was intentional or not it works really well and i think that's great for like a kids program as well like um giving you multiple narrative audience surrogates basically i think is really really smart because it allows for you to do different kinds of exposition while still never really feel like you're doing exposition um so that no one gets bored Mm -hmm. and then you get cool fight scenes (laughs) it's a thing that i love about kids shows and animated kid shows specifically is the good ones is the that they don't seem to feel like they need to deal with okay but why is all of this Uh, they just go because most kids who are going to watch are going to go like oh he's got cool air air powers awesome yeah now if you establish your rules and then you break them they will drag you for filth they know all like 200 species of dinosaurs and like discovered in the last ex- like there there's a level of attention to detail and nuance and a um a a passionate care about that level of world building in a young audience absolutely but they won't have like the same hang-ups as or or at least the writers don't feel like they're going to so they aren't preact 
proactively trying to address issues like that. They'll just, like, they'll go with it. Steven's got cat fingers now. Like, it's fine. Just just go with it. And, and we'll go from there. And I, I wish more programming geared towards um, adults <laughs> would take the same model. And more viewers, you know, would just be like, just watch and they will explain it by the end of the episode. Right. You don't need the endless theorizing um, on websites or whatever mm-hmm. to like enjoy. Like, yeah, no, there's pleasure in the kind of puzzle box narrative. Um, but it shouldn't be for me anyway, it shouldn't be the default way of approaching any show. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's very explicitly supposed to be a puzzle box show, in which case then that's fine, but not every show is a puzzle box show. This is definitely not a puzzle box show right? by any stretch of the imagination. Um, which is great. So how are we feeling about, we talked a little bit about Aang. How are we feeling about our other characters, Katara and Sokka? What did you think of the rest of the people at the in the tribe? What are, how are we feeling about angry fireman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, Zuko. Oh, Zuko. And, and also, how how's everyone feeling about Uncle Iroh? Just, um, I love him so much. Yeah. <gasps> there is, uh, we don't even know his name yet. <laughs> no, they never, they barely, they, he's just uncle. Um, for the entire, like, first two episodes, I think, um, which is just delightful, um, because he would never say Uncle Iroh, because that just feels weird. He would just say Uncle. Um, yeah, so, Allison, how, 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 how are you feeling, sort of, about the, this other quartet of characters? Uh, petition to move, uh, I, I'm not sure that I even caught that his name was Uncle Iroh. Petition to move Uncle. Uh, over to the spinoff where Charlotte and Amenadiel solve crimes <laughs> and Dan is their girl Friday. Um, he can be there. He can. Um, oh my God. What's her name? Uh, Sherlock Holmes keeps the house. Oh, Mrs. Uh, Hudson. Mrs. Hudson. He can be there. Mrs. Hudson. Love that. Right? He'll make them so much tea. Yeah. That's great. You don't even know, Allison. You don't even know. Great. Can't wait. Um, yeah, I really love that character and I, I feel like um, that's particularly useful because I was like, oh, okay. So Angry Fire Kid is eventually going to get more complex because he's hanging out with this dude. Like this dude is invested in him, obviously invested in him, which means he can't actually totally suck. So he is going to get more interesting, if nothing else. Not Even if he's not like on some let's become a hero path, he will get more interesting because of this other character's investment. So very in these first two episodes, that's like about the extent of it for me um, with with that segment. But uh, very into it. Um, I love Katara. <laughs> I love her hair. I love her patience. I love her spirit. I love her way of catching fish. I love basically everything about her. Um, and when I when I figured out is not the right word but when i found out that it was may whitman it was just that much more increased um very stoked about it um i also really appreciated that Sokka sucked so hard in that first episode because it was like was very sad the end of that episode was then very satisfying even though there is absolutely no way that there wouldn't have been some sort of like well actually i'm not that bad moment in that episode um it still worked really really well so um i'm very into to both of them and then who is the fourth one there's iro zuko angry fire okay kid, yep then, yeah, you've yeah. i'm gonna call him angry fire kid for a while That's because fine. every time i say zuko i think about greece um 
So, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm very into all of these characters. I think that um, they're doing a really nice job of sort of creating interesting dynamics in these two separate pods. And you can already kind of see the way that thematically they can start to sort of reflect each other. And I think that's great. Yeah. Keaton says, uh, I'm also sad ahead of time for the story about what's going on with Fire Kid's Eye. Uh, they asked her friend about it and she wouldn't tell me this show is already so full of joy and adorableness coupled with sadness and grief and worry. And yet we're not going to tell you either. Um, when, do, when do we find that out? It's a while. No, it's in this season. It's in this season. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it is. Yeah. yeah. And it's in, uh, it's in the first 13 episodes. I don't remember which one, but I've seen it. So yeah. And then they keep building on it and it just gets worse. Um, <laughs> Great. As show, yeah. As the show <laughs> goes on, they just keep building on it. Um, yeah. I, I think one of the things that I kept keep forgetting about because they sort of recalibrate this character is, is Sokka kind of starts off as this jerk for want of a better word, because they sort of need one. Um, but the characters, you can see softening edges, even in like the second episode. Um, and he's sort of different by the time that the show starts kicking into gear, um, which is mostly a behind the scenes thing with the voice actor. Uh, they, they cast someone and went, oh, this is the wrong mode for you. We're going to start writing to what your what your strengths are, and we're going to adjust the character a little bit, um, which I think was smart because I don't really like fresh, super frustrated jerk, jerk Sokka very much. Um, and so him being like really frustrated by all this magic and stuff, I just, I throw boomerangs, everyone, um, which is delightful. Once they start like baking it into the humor, as opposed to him being frustrated by the what comes off as him being frustrated that he doesn't have bending abilities, um, and so they shift that. And one of the things that I really like about the show overall is that everyone levels up basically as the show goes on um, in terms of like combat ability or empathy or ability to express emotions and. That watching that progression, I think, is one of the best things. Um, but Katara is sort of like top tier. She's just lovely from the start, and without feeling like a cliched sort of like character in the regards of no, I just automatically believe him and no reason. And it's like there's elements of that, but it feels so grounded in a desire for hope of like the desolation of the Southern Water Tribe and her just needing something is I think really, really, there's something really sad, but also really beautiful about that. Where Sokka can't quite see that because he's just so fixated on being the man of the tribe now and trying to get these poor, poor Rograts to do any <laughs> kind of training. All right, who else has to pee? Um, so I really appreciate like all of those kind of dynamics start to feel baked in because yeah, Sokka's just not here for a lot of this in the beginning and that shifts as the show goes on, which I really, really appreciate. So for Marcus, so it wasn't just me. Yes. No, it wasn't just you. That shifts a good bit. Um, even like within the next, I want to say two to three episodes, it shifts a little bit. Hmm. See, I have two older brothers. Yeah. I'm fine with Sokka right from the jump. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and you Whereas and, I am the older brother, and yeah. I like to think that I was not a jerk to my siblings. 
Okay. Maybe you weren't. I don't I don't know. I don't know the dynamic. <laughs> I don't know. My my younger sister would probably disagree with you and with me would disagree with me. Yeah. Um and I'm sure that that perspective on the on the character is very shaped by the fact that I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and I know like there is depth that I can see, I can fill in around the edges why he's behaving the way he's behaving and these are, you know. So First time watching, I don't, I can't, you know, I can't remember how I felt about it, but, um, but no, this time I just, it's just, I, for me, it's a very necessary counterbalance to some of the stuff that's happening. So when he's like, I'm just, I just got a boomerang and all these people keep shooting magic at me and I just want to not be frozen to a ship, you know, (laughs) for me, that really works, but I can see how it could be a bit too abrasive when like, it's the thing where shows sometimes feel the need to, um overcompensate for the mystical elements or the magical elements of especially their main characters. Um, like they and have, they have regular guy, capital R, capital G. Um, so I could see how that would be uh, frustrating or, or not that interesting for some viewers. But I was, I mean, like the, 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 the Sokka and Katara dynamic was really, um, yeah, I, I was, I was on board immediately. So <laughs> they play him for laughs too. Um, yeah. Like, when Zuko fire guy keeps breaking the spear and then just knocks him in the forehead a couple of times with it, not even very hard, just like clock, clock, clock. And he just falls over. And like, he's, he's kind of just like the sad sack character of the season. Um, But for various reasons, like, like Katara, he doesn't have the training that he needs really. Um, And that again, slowly changes. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, uh, certainly was like, you are the worst. But at the same time, um, I think maybe when you're a kid and the responsibility of caring for your entire tribe is put on your shoulders and you aren't equipped to do so, maybe you're allowed to be kind of a turd. Um, Yeah, I I mean, he's like 13, 14. Yeah, I mean, which, first of all, all 14-year-olds are dicks. Um, But like at least a little bit. So there's that. And then on top of that, it's a it's a hell of a burden. So I uh, while I thought, God, you're the worst. It was in a good way, I yes. guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I like that. I like that approach. Um, we have one more character we haven't really discussed that we need to. And that is everyone's favorite. Appa! Listeners <laughs> 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 at home, Noel has a stuffed animal and it looks so soft. It's so soft. Um, yeah, so Allison, what do you think about Appa? I want one. And let, if you don't like if you don't like Appa, you can just not be on the show anymore. Yeah, well, if I didn't, I would definitely I would have been like, um, guys, sorry, I gotta go. I can't stomach this humiliation. Um, something in me is broken forever. I don't like Appa. Um, no, love it. I mean, I'm I'm also a Falcor the Luck Dragon girl, so this is like mm-hmm. right in my sweet spot. Very, <laughs> I just want to take a nap on him. I want to say yip yip and fly into the sky. I want to do all of the things. Um, and I really appreciate the voice performance for Appa. Um, it goes firmly right into like dalek territory of it's a voice performance that's so good that you stop thinking about it as a voice performance and take it for granted which is not fair so just really very 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 good that would be the fabulous d bradley baker right who is great at both doing these kinds of voices 
Um, like he does just really fabulous animal voices overall. Um, but he's also just a really, really talented voice actor in general. Um, his work on Clone Wars is really, really great. His work on Legend of Korra later um, is also really, really good. Um, so he's just really good. Um, he also does the voice of Momo, who we'll meet in a few episodes um, as well. So he does all the oh, all that's that great as well. <laughs> Keenan says, "I lost my dang mind about this here bison." <laughs> And yeah, understandable, because cause, cause he's great. Yay. Um, well, if any of our uh, commenters, so Keenan and Marcus, if either of you have any other thoughts about these episodes or questions or things you wanted to, to shout out, drop them in the chat. Otherwise, final thoughts and, you know, how excited are we for episode three and four tomorrow? I'm excited. <laughs> episode three is the Southern Air Temple and episode four is the Warriors of Kiyoshi. I do enjoy the Kiyoshi Warriors a great deal. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to keep going. I'm especially excited to eventually get to episode 13 so that I can keep watching. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The struggle was sort of real. I was just like, I finished episode two and went, I can just watch episodes three and four. I won't confuse them at all. I'm sure. I'm sure I won't. And then I went, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Something. It took me way too long to learn that lesson in general. So I will be, I will be doing, I will be sticking to the two episodes at a time, unless I just cannot bear it. In which case, I will be texting Kate and Noel and saying, "Please, for the love of God, can we just do three tomorrow?" Um, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we're gonna probably have to do that at some point, and when we get to book two, because there's like a couple of like three parters, I think, okay. in book two. Um, <laughs> The, f- the finale of the show is like four episodes long mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah they, those all have to be done together cool um but that's a ways off <laughs> yes that's future our, our problem um for now that will wrap up our conversation about the first two episodes of avatar the last airbender book one the book of water and uh what was it the boy in the iceberg and the avatar returns so yay i'm glad oh, i'm having so much fun i'm looking forward particularly to seeing what keenan and marcus feel you know feel about the show i mean if, if they stick i keenan you're very excited marcus it seems like you're more on the fence um which fair enough i i, I hear you i will be looking forward to how you guys are responding to it as it as it goes along because neither of them have seen the show before so yeah it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Okay, so that will wrap up our conversation. So thank you to Keenan Marcus. Thank you, guys. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you, Appa. Thank you, Appa. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.